Welcome to the Optimal Health Podcast from Hudson Physicians, getting you back to optimal health when you're feeling sick, stressed, overwhelmed, or run down. And today we continue our discussions. Again, we're joined by Matt Brandt, the CEO of Hudson Physicians, and Dr. Ryan McFarland as we're going to talk about the COVID-19. It's pretty much the topic of the morning, afternoon, and night over these uh, past four weeks. And uh, we're uh, very pleased that you guys are busy on the front lines and uh, appreciate your the work you do and also taking the time to join us here today to talk about this most important topic. So good afternoon to you two gentlemen. Afternoon. Great. Thanks for talking to us. Well, a couple of things for you first, and I think it's very important to note. Uh, you know, Matt, one of the things we talked about before we went on the air is you're obviously there to, to care for patients, whether they believe they have the symptoms or other issues, and uh, they should be sure to stop in and see you. Can, can you talk a little bit about how important it is to not ignore other things that are going on with you and not focus just on the virus? Yeah, no, that's a, a good point. Uh, and even before you you introduced, you said you know we're having we're being really we're really busy. Um, but re- realistically, right now the good news about St. Croix County, we have had some positive cases. We're doing some testing for COVID, but it is still not, uh, which is good. And hopefully, the social distance we're working. It's still not rampant in this area, which is great. Um, and so it still is important to make sure that you're getting your you know routine needs taken care of and. You know, it might be, you know, whether you need a, or you're a diabetic and you need a med check or a refill or uh, coming in to get some other stuff taken care of. We're still here to do that. And the good news is right now we have telemedicine available where you can do that with a lot. A lot of things can be done over telemedicine to, to do that. And maybe, Ryan, you want to give some examples of stuff you've done the last few weeks. Yeah. So um, depending on what medical problems you have, things that have been working very well for telemedicine is, um, even, you know, blood pressure checks, following up on those, and, you know, we can make um, adjustments on medication um, over the telemedicine visit, diabetic checks, and anxiety and depression checks. Um, pretty much anything we can start as a telemedicine visit, and if there's anything we can't, then we can have a discussion on whether or not we need to convert it to an in-office visit or how we can manage that safely for the individual person. Now, to set up a telemedicine call with you, uh, the one thing that the uh, listener should do is uh, give a call at 715-531-6800. When you do that, select option number one to schedule your telemedicine visit with your provider, and your provider will work with you to create a customized treatment plan based on your situation and what's happening at the time. And so what you're saying, doctor, is, uh, you, you know, routine, you know, let's say you do have some blood pressure checks you need to do you don't need to come in to the clinic particularly to do that you can do those things over the phone which is helpful for those that are at risk as well I would assume yeah and it's a great opportunity we have to continue to provide care and keep these people safe and you know keep their uh, risk low by keeping them on a clinic if we can and um, continue to treat their medical problems so uh, as we as we turn our attentions now to, of course, uh, the COVID-19 and uh, the things that are going on with that, you know, I, I think, what was it, uh, Matt, was it about uh, three, four weeks ago when we did our first podcast when it was really kind of just first hitting the area? And things have changed a little bit, but it doesn't sound like in St. Croix County it's not been that dramatic. No, that's that's right. I think uh, as of this morning, we're talking about six, six cases in uh St. Croix County. Um, you know, it's interesting, just across the river in Washington County, I think there are over 20-some. So uh, so it is out there, it is moving, but we're, we, back then, I think we didn't have any yet, and now we had one and six. So it hasn't, we thought when we first got our first one a couple of weeks ago that it was going to explode from there, and it hasn't really taken off like that. 
And so I think that is hopefully a sign that some of the stuff we're doing is working to slow this thing down. So what happens, guys? Uh, someone feels as though they may have some symptoms. They they come into uh, the clinic, they get tested, and then you know, at what stage are you hospitalizing or sending people home? So, you know, ideally what happens if someone is concerned they may be infected or have symptoms, they actually call and um, we try to set up a telemedicine visit first to talk with them. If they end up here, depending, you know, we've got criteria on who we're testing how, and if they meet that criteria, we'll test them. Really, if they're otherwise stable, doing well, breathing okay, we manage this at home. If their oxygen's low or they're having a hard time, that's when we start considering if we need to hospitalize. So the key indicator, doctor, is about your oxygen and your flow of that and if it's difficult. It's at that point where people should start to take the next step. Is, is that the single most important thing? What about the fevers as well? We hear a lot about those. Are, is, is that just part of the process then, if you do have it? Yep, uh, fevers are part of the process. Um, as long as their people can stay hydrated and drink fluids, and if they're breathing okay, it's something that can mostly be managed at home. Um, fevers in and of themselves aren't typically har- harmful. Um, when we start to get worried, if temperatures start to get over 105, 105 is when we would like them to at least touch base with their healthcare provider to make a plan going forward. And then in terms of the public is, is uh, I would say, you know, on high alert, obviously, this is unprecedented what's happening as far as uh, Main Street being shut down, schools, everything we can possibly think of. So obviously that brings a bit of anxiety in, into play. And, and you look around at, at numbers, and, you know, to me it's been almost like a scoreboard, you know, with, with infections and deaths and those types of things. Um, how, first of all, how good do you think that is to keep putting that out there? Now that's out there, it's going to be. And then is that a really an accurate depiction of what's going on with this whole virus? Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's good for people to be informed and to know what's going on. The unfortunate part is trying to understand the context of those numbers is a little bit harder. Um, I've got my master's in public health as well. So it's, you know, looking at the studies and how they collect that information is important and unfortunately i think those numbers have and they are proving to be um kind of falsely high looking at a high mortality rate largely that's because up until relatively recently we've almost only been testing patients who've been hospitalized so when we're looking at the people who are infected and who are dying from this it's already been the incredibly sick and as we've been able to test more people, both nationwide and worldwide, we're finding a lot more people are infected than we realize, and a lot less of them percentage-wise are being sick. So while I think it's always good to, for people to have as much information as possible, it's important to understand the context of that. And while the numbers are scary, they're kind of proving to be not as um, scary as they've been reporting so far. Now, we are hearing stories, uh, gentlemen, of uh, patients that have, have you know advanced along the way uh, through this virus with stories of uh, incredible uh, pain and suffering and those kinds of things. Um, how often are you hearing about that out there, and, and what are the instances where that's occurring? I mean, I'll take, I'll, I would say the good news about that in St. Croix County, we've not experienced that yet. Now, obviously, Milwaukee and Minneapolis, you start getting out towards New York and stuff, and that is a much different scenario. Uh, I do know we have uh, two nurses here who have had family members pass away from COVID that who lived in Milwaukee. So, uh, so it is starting to impact us personally, locally. Um, 
So, uh, so I think uh, just as you know, my comment on that is, yeah, it is it is scary from that that standpoint. It does this disease is kind of interesting in that it does have. Uh, if you do get sick, it tends to go get you get sick very very fast, and uh, can get can be very severe. Um, but for, for the most of it, people it doesn't progress that way. So. Well, and I think that's uh, kind of the, the, the tricky part for a lot of people. It's, okay, we know this goes fast. Uh, do we wait? Do we wait too long? And I think that's where sometimes you kind of get into the should I or shouldn't I mode. And that leads me to this next question, which I think is very real. And I've had a number of my friends bring it up to me already where, where they'll ask, uh, have you ever like felt like you're symptomatic or are talking yourself into it? Uh, and, and one great example is like, well, yeah, my heater was on. It was really warm because the day was warming up. And I'm like, man, am I hot? And I'm like thinking, oh, no, I've got a fever. But prior to that, I had shown no no symptoms anyway. But you still, it plays, you, you get worried. Do you run into people that call you on telemedicine or come in fearing that just because any little thing could lead you? I mean, the symptoms are pretty broad. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's a daily, hourly thing we hear from patients. You know, they're, everyone's focusing on their symptoms more than ever before because it is, it's all everyone's thinking about. And even me, myself, I've checked my temperature more than I ever have in the last several weeks just because, one, I want to make sure I'm safe and keeping patients safe. But also, it still happens to us. We, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, am I warm? Is that because I'm warm or is it because I have a fever? And, you know, that's, we're seeing that all over the place and ever, no one's immune from having that. So it is a very normal response. And then in and I would just add, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I would just, I would just add to that. that that's why it is kind of nice. If you call us, you can talk to one of the nurses and they might just do some basic stuff with you there. And then if they think, all right, you know what, let's just schedule a telemedicine visit with a doctor that will help you do that. So uh, you can call us and we're available to just have that quick conversation too. So when when you look at Washington County having their 20-some cases, gentlemen, and then we bring it back over to St. Croix County over the river, and there's only there's been six at this stage, uh, as you've tracked movement through the area, even the metro area in, in, into uh, western Wisconsin, have you noticed any trends in terms of, of what's going on with that, or is it pretty random? Is there, is there a, a methodology to what you're seeing at all? It's... Um... It is, I mean, it's largely geographical. So it's as we've kind of watched it spread across the world and across the country, there's a pretty consistent pattern geographically and population density-wise on how quickly this is spreading and where it's spreading is, I guess, more of the patterns we see. So we, the modeling they show um, that they use kind of gives us estimates on when we think it might hit an area. Um, it's not perfect, but that's what we've been kind of going off of and has been holding pretty true. Do you have any ideas on St. Croix County? I mean, our best guess and estimate we thought we'd maybe start seeing some at the end of this week and into next week is when we suspect, based on the modeling and where it's been going, we'll see increased cases. We haven't yet to see that, so we'll see how much that holds true over the next coming weeks. Which lends me to this next question. When you do look at uh, the numbers across the country, uh, I know Minnesota, I'm just saying that because of the metro area. I know you know we're in St. Croix County, but it's the metro um, it's what the 30, 20th largest state, 12th largest market, ranks 33rd as of last night as far as number of diagnosed cases. California doing actually uh, very low when you consider the number 40 million people that live there. Now New York City absolutely with New Jersey with, with troubles. Um, along with the southern part of the country, too. And I, there's obvious reasons because of Mardi Gras in New Orleans that many feel. But my question to you is this. 
Is it possible that in California and maybe in the upper Midwest, because there's a lot of international travel to the MSP airport, there's a lot of international travel in and out of LAX, is it possible that this virus was here a lot earlier than anyone ever expected and just didn't even know it? And therefore, a lot of people have already had it. I'm wondering if that's why our numbers are low. It's, it's a simple assumption, but curious to hear what you think. And that's a question I know a lot of us have had with each other, and we would love an answer to. I, you know, clinically have a suspicion it's possible. Unfortunately, we may never know, but it's, enti- I mean, it's a good hypothesis, and it's entirely possible. Yeah, and I'll make a comment to that. I mean, and Ryan knows this. I mean, we were really busy in January, February this year, and it was all respiratory. We getting a lot of positive a, uh, influenza A and B. Uh, we even were seeing some H1N1 strains from back in 09 coming through. Uh, but we also had a lot of people those respiratory that we tested for flu that were not positive for flu, but we still treated like it was flu because at the time that's what we, uh, you know, clinically assumed it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it is very possible. I would also say it's interesting though. Uh, you talked about the spread in the county, and a great example of this would be this. What's I think what's hardest about this one is the delay between when someone transmits it and when they actually get symptoms. Yeah. Um, so Ellsworth is not too far away from us here, but there was a school trip that went down to New Orleans uh, right before um, kind of the Mardi Gras time, came back, and now Ellsworth and our, the, those couple cases we're talking about in this area are coming out of that um, out of that town. And so it's interesting how the travel is part of that spread, and but it's such a delay, no one realizes they have it until it's kind of farther down the path. So, um, but And I would say... Uh, so back to the question of what has it been around, it could have been, uh, but definitely traveling and moving around and all the stuff that we put in place very early, it's probably helping a lot in these areas like Minnesota and Wisconsin where, you know, we got onto it a little earlier than maybe the New Yorks of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been impressive. Uh, I, I have to say I've been uh, a part of the process. And, you know, there, 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 there's one question that I have to ask both of you, and, and it's, it's the grocery store scene. Um, it's, you know, you have to get your stuff or, or whatever that is. And when you do walk in, uh, you obviously you look for the, the, the wipes that they have there and you wipe down your card if you're going to do that. Um, but ha- have you noticed a sense of, uh, ha- have people done a good job, you think, even in, when they have to get together in, in public places in the grocery stores to keep their distance? And do you think that matters as well? Do you think it's helping with people kind of, giving space in the aisles and just sort of backing off. Have you noticed that? I have. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that, you know, when I've gone to the grocery store, people are much more respectful of that watching. And I think this community in Hudson as a whole has done a fantastic job of, you know, respecting the um, distancing and everything else. And I think that's part of why it's been successful in staving off a big swing here is because I think people as a whole are, taking ownership of this and doing everything they can everything they can to mitigate it. And and that's an interesting point and Matt I want to turn this toward you a little bit. You know basically what Dr. McFarland was suggesting at the community level, Hudson is taking pride in making sure they are taking care of each other. So you can go from the national level down to the state level but it really comes down to individual homes and communities and taking pride within themselves to execute what's being requested of you. Do you feel from your position at Hudson Physicians that uh, you're able to communicate that, doing things such as this, and also from your day-to-day visits with people? Is your is your team able to do that? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think, 
I think like I said, when we're talking to our patients on the phone and we're talking about them being possibly sick and then we're talking about their family situation and how they're managing that, I think, uh, I think you'd be surprised how compliant patients have been with that. Where, um, and, and maybe in the past, you know, you might have the flu, you wouldn't have kind of maybe just like, after a day or two of feeling better, you would have just started going out in public again. Where I do think feel like patients are doing a good job of, okay, it's been five days, I'm still quarantining myself. They're doing everything they can um, versus kind of just jumping back into the normal routine and going back to work and stuff. Uh, it's sort of like in healthcare, we have the age-old uh, antibiotics. Uh, you know, you give people antibiotics, but they stop taking them too soon because they feel better right away. Yep. So it's sort of similar to that, but I think we're getting much better compliance than we ever had in the past right now. It's pretty simple. Um, it's pretty simple. Follow directions. You're not in charge, right? <laughs> and if yeah, you do, yeah. good things will happen. So sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you there. No, no, I think that's good. And I, and I do think places like maybe Minnesota, you know, Hudson, Wisconsin, they're, you know, people are very, we, we have the advantage of watching the Italy's and New York's of the world and realizing, hey, we got to take this serious and everybody's doing a good job. So, you know, we've heard a lot about um, the frontline workers, Dr. McFarland, the RTs, the nurses, the first responders. Uh, it's stressful out there. I know many people that are uh, uh, RTS, doctors, everything, and you know they're they're very they're very true to you know this is real. Uh, in terms of that, I've heard things about um, the head of RTS over at Children's Hospital saying, "I cannot uh, believe what a team and group of people we have, who these people are, and what they 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 do." Um, in terms of the morale of your organization, Matt, and in terms of the quality of people you have, can you talk about where the morale is at and about the quality of personnel that you have? Sure. Uh, I mean, I think morale is pretty good. I still think there's a lot of worry. Just We worry just as much as any sure. patients. They don't realize that we're worried about stuff, too. And uh, uh, Ryan's a great example. Dr. McFarland's a great example. He you know, meets with our front desk staff and helps educate them so they know exactly what's going on. Uh, so we even do that internally as well. Uh, but I would say, yeah, we have a great team here. We have a lot of physicians, uh, so, you know, a lot, a lot of experience, but also a lot of physicians, I think, in Wisconsin where they practiced in a setting where they were what I call a real health setting maybe for a while earlier in the career where they actually did, like, ER work and hospital work and clinic work. And a lot of that helps pay off uh, big time in these kinds of situations because we have a big, broad knowledge of what we can do to help patients both in the clinic and in the hospital. Um, so I think that's worked out really well to our favor as far as our knowledge base. And then, uh, you know, in general, like you're talking about kind of everybody just the morale-wise, you know, honestly, we have just today we got a bunch of letters from kids thanking us. And uh, last week we had a lot of patients bringing in um, N95 masks. Of course, being uh, Hudson, Wisconsin, not being too far from 3M headquarters, we had a lot of 3M employees that stopped and dropped off some masks for us. So, so a big thank you to all of them as well. I think that's been helpful just to know that we're, we're trying to do our best, but that we're, you know, the community appreciates that as well. Dr. McFarland, how about from your perspective, a frontliner, as far as how you feel and how things are for you and what you think the team around you is uh, feeling as well? Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool here. Everyone, I think, very much feels like we're in this together. We're here to support and encourage each other. And, you know, a lot of people are open and honest, and I've, you know, been meeting with groups of people internally to kind of educate them and stop and ask questions. And it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. It definitely feels like we're a family and all in this together and helping support each other and encourage each other through this. So overall it's been a, you know, positive, um, 
morale around here regarding this, even as it's pretty stressful and a little bit um, worrisome at times. It's fear. It's the unknown. Sometimes that's so tricky. You know, you just don't know where it is and it could jump up on you. So uh, for, for in, a, in a nutshell, I, I'm an optimist and I'm a very uh, positive person. I'm also a realist. And uh, I, I think what I'd like to close with here is uh, to hear from both of you in terms of uh, if there's uh, some positivity out there, hope and things to look forward to, not looking for timelines or anything like that, but just kind of what you guys see and feel from a positive perspective of, of where this is going. I mean, I'll answer that a little bit. I do think, um, you know, they, they, I feel like we're doing a good job in this area. You know, I'd say Twin Cities, you know, Hudson, Wisconsin area. Um, we are doing a good job, and I think it goes to show you the community can pull together when we need to do something like this. So I, I, I take that as a positive. Uh, I do think those scenes in New York, if we can keep doing our work, we can avoid some of that stuff. So I am optimistic and positive as well that it's going to get bad around here just like anywhere else, but I think we can keep it in a much different level than those guys have had to deal with. Um, and then the other positive, I say there's stuff come out of this that, you know, a year or two from now, we'll have some data, we'll have a whole bunch of stuff and it'll be interesting to look back and be like, I can't, you know, look what we did and like how we deal with this and how we deal with these things in the future like this. Um, I think that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I mean, even telemedicine, you know, you tell me uh, six months ago that we'd be doing a thousand visits a week over the phone. I would have been shocked, but we're doing it. So, you know, stuff stuff like this, people change quick, and you, you adapt, and it works well. So, so in a, a weird way, are you having more appointments over the phone than you would have if you didn't have that, just so you can only get so many people through the door, correct? Yeah, I think we we haven't had that case scenario yet. It's still, you know, not as still more in person than over the phone, but I still think uh, we are able to – we could even do more over the phone in the future if we needed to. And we have the capability now, so now it's just – you know, getting better at it. Well, we love to call that scaling in the business world. Very impressive. Um, uh, doctor, how about you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, optimistic about this. I think some of, a lot of the stuff we'll learn will serve us well into the future. And, you know, it's a lot of the unknown. How is this going to progress and what's going to happen? And I suspect over the coming, you know, few weeks, we'll have a much better idea and plan for coming out of this on the other side. And, you know, fortunately, I think this is, teaching us a lot of respect about each other and our fellow person um, out. And it's, I mean, it's stressful. It's anxiety provoking, but I, I think it's um, going to be experience will come through the other side and we can look back and with pride in our community and how we responded. You know, I do have one more question that I forgot to tuck in there. And I, I need to ask you guys this because we, we've been hearing a lot about it and we've heard some great things. The uh, uh, the chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine uh, Z pack combo. Uh, are are you guys looking at that? Is is it? It just depends. It kind of seems like you know they've been. It's obviously been having results around. You see stories about people who are walking away in a couple of days after taking that. What is your position on that officially as a clinic? So from a you know medical standpoint, what these you know, medicines are for hydroxychloroquine is an important medication for people with certain chronic medical problems. The studies they've shown, it can reduce inflammation and they're really the people it's being used in and helping are the severely ill. So the people that are showing up to the ERs, having in distress, getting admitted to the ICU and they're getting the medication and there's some evidence it's helping prevent some of the more severe outcomes. 
there hasn't been anything to prove that people with mild symptoms or asymptomatic that is helping. And, you know, unfortunately, there's actually been even one death in someone who took it prophylactically where they died from reactions. Because these medic specifically hydroxychloroquine is not a benign medication. It does have some of the more serious side effects. So you, and, and was that a case where they took it kind of rogue on their own? And it wasn't prescribed? Yes. yes. Right. And that's a great example. This is not a science experiment where you can just drop things into you. You need professionals like yourselves to be uh, pre- uh, prescribing these medications so you can uh, uh, have the, the appropriate amounts and, and, and the way things work. So that's interesting to hear. So you're saying that basically uh, it's people that have been on oxygen or in the uh, ventilator stages that uh, where this has had an impact? And I think that's who it's the scariest for. And if it helps, it's got to be worth something. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, with some people, you know, buying it up nationwide, there is shortages for the more acutely needed, like in the hospitals and ICUs, they're finding shortages of the medication largely because of this. But it's there's some promise that it is helping those people. Do you think that uh, Bayer or whoever that is that produces the product will be able to mass produce something because of these uh, vultures that are sucking up all the material? And they have been. They've been trying to increase their production, and they've got stuff in place now to make sure it's going to the areas that need it and the people that help. So they've, weeks ago, have adjusted that, and it's it's gotten better. But it's there's a lot of people who are sick, so they're going through it quickly. Anything else that you guys want to add? I think this has been absolutely a terrific session here, and I think uh, you've answered a lot of questions that people are having conversations among themselves about, maybe yourselves as well. If you both want to have some parting comments on things, some reminders, anything, now is your time on the forum, so go right ahead. I'd like to put a plug for, you know, if anyone has a question on whether it's safe to come to our clinic, how we're running our clinic is um, on par with what they're doing in the hardest hit areas of the country, where I would say ahead of the game in that area. It's still safe to come in and be seen. Um, and if you have any concerns, please call ahead of time and we can help direct that. Um, but we're still fully open doing everything that we need to and um, happy to help anyone who needs anything. Yeah, I would just comment that we're, we're here for everybody, whether they're sick or trying to stay healthy. And then uh, also, I just to bigly thank you. Like I mentioned, we're getting uh, patients helping us out too with uh, masks and other stuff as well. So I'll uh, just end with a thank you to the patients for who did that for us. It's great to see uh, good things happening in times like these for sure. So don't forget, if you're experiencing flu-like symptoms, fever, cough, or difficulty breathing, give them a call at the telemedicine line at 715-531-6800. Select option one to schedule your telemedicine visit with your provider. And as we talked about earlier in this podcast, it doesn't need to be just for the flu-like coronavirus, COVID-19 type symptoms. There are other things that you can be uh, handled for with that as well. Your provider will then work with you to create your customized treatment plan based on your situation. This once again is Hudson Physicians. You can check them out at HudsonPhysicians.com. That was the CEO, Matt Brandt, and of course, Dr. Ryan McFarland. Guys, thank you so much. Appreciate your time, and we'll be in touch real soon. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. So long, everybody.